0: And decided that the way out of it was to sign the, uh, or, you know, convince people that we want to sign the Interstate Popular Vote Compact. What's that do? Um, If enough, enough states with enough electoral college votes sign it, that it would be the majority, then all at once, all of the states agree to switch from whatever their state voted for to what the popular vote was well that's
1: terrifying
0: why uh hey zach hey <laughs> it <Sirtis. laughs> i'm off my game i
1: don't know what to do can you perhaps explain to me this more in detail
0: Okay, yeah, let me quick scroll through the Wikipedia. I didn't know there was going to be a... Yeah, me either.
1: But I'm interested in this now, and I want to talk about it. And any excuse to use the politics worrying bug logo is good enough for me. I what like, is that one? It's like, uh, imagine the donkey or the, um, or the elephant, but
0: ah, the bug.
1: It's one of my favorites. That's good.
0: Okay, so the basic idea is that the Electoral College is a really weird way to run government. I'm going to I'm going to restart with what this thing actually is. Okay. So I guess we're talking about the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact now. Um the the core idea is that the Electoral College is kind of a dumb way to run things um and that it doesn't make sense for votes to be apportioned weirdly like according to land space, not according to just how many people want the president to be the president. And maybe it would make more sense to have a popular vote to elect not, the president it's not the land space uh, it's generally the less dense spaces have more power under the electoral college i understand the system is not explicitly about land space but it just like as a byproduct of the way that it's set up ends up being about land space okay
1: i really like this map of the voting power but ba- yeah ba- no there's so many cool ways to display maps We should get a topic on, we should add that to our topic list for a future episode
0: where we have time to do more research. One way to fix that, of the many, many ways to fix that, is to acknowledge that there's no rule on the books about how electoral college votes get distributed. And um, that's evidenced in the fact that there are a couple states that will split their electoral college votes depending on um, percentages of who voted for which president I don't remember which ones do that off the top of my head. But, like, it's not a consistent thing that it's just a winner-take-all state-based right. thing. So states are allowed to say our vote goes to whoever has the most popular votes.
1: Right, yeah. They, once Once the votes are counted, they can tell their... Uh, I forget what the proper term for that person is, but the person who goes to the electoral college to cast the vote for that state, they can do whatever they want. they're electors? Electors. They can technically do whatever they want with that vote. Right. Uh,
0: unless there is a state law prohibiting them from deviating. Correct. And so the, the idea of the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact is that once we reach the threshold, which is apparently 270 electoral college units electors um <laughs> that once 270 electors are inside this system of the national popular vote interstate compact then all of the national popular vote interstate compact states will se- start sending electors based on the popular vote.
1: Okay, I think I understand now. It's still weird to me. Why? The popular vote of
0: that state or the popular vote of all the states? It's already popular vote of that state, except for a couple exceptions. Right. So this is the popular vote of all the states.
1: Okay, l- let, me, let me rephrase it. Okay. Let's make
0: up some politicians. Uh, Bert and Ernie? Yeah, perfect. Who are running against each other and not as president and vice president. But you know, yeah. they had a falling out. So if, let's say, California has
1: 30% for Bert and 70% for Ernie... Mm-hmm. Then typically they would just cast all fifty-five of their votes as Ernie, correct? But if let's let's keep it simple. It's just two states, okay? So if California and uh, Arizona say right, if they signed up for this, they would. If it was thirty percent of California, my, my question is more about: Is it you just total up all the people in both California and Ar- Arizona? And then have them cast no. their vote.
0: You total up. So it, this only comes into effect once, we, once there are 270 votes inside the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Okay. And when that comes into effect, all of the states in that compact will send delegates or electors or whatever based on the national popular vote. The national popular vote that's done through the states. Every
1: state. each state has their own voting system like the all the the election is done uh, really through the community communities even at a lower level but um correct correct. so there is not a national vote there is a there's a lot of smaller votes
0: everyone who votes for president though walks up to a thing Mm -hmm. says one of the supposedly many but really only two presidents right and submits that and all of that data is collected i don't know exactly how <laughs> poorly we'll say <laughs> but um well my
1: my question is about i'm i feel like you uh, i feel like i'm not explaining the question well if because you said no and then you also said yes in different ways <laughs> so in theory someone from Wisconsin someone from Wisconsin's vote would have the same amount of weight as someone from California's vote.
0: Right. Every vote would have the same weight because it would all just become a percentage in the national tally.
1: Okay. I am concerned that uh, my initial thought was that I I am concerned that it would swing too far in the other direction. That suddenly California has because it has an enormous population compared to the other states would have far more power than Arizona. And not necessarily a, a representative amount of power, I
0: suppose. If there was a constitutional amendment to make it so that the popular vote decided the president? I'd be more comfortable with that. Why is this any different? Because I don't trust people. Mostly.
1: These are the same people, though. They're not. Why? These these are individual individual states who, like, have different interests and, like, a compact between states, between 270 of the electoral states, Mm -hmm. I suppose, is different than
0: a popular vote. How? (laughs) Give me, like, two seconds to think about this. My main argument is going to be the end result is the same. Because it's not a popular vote in that case. It's a popular vote of the people who Of the people who live in the states that signed up for this? No. Yes. I'm going to double check, but I don't think so. It,
1: OK, so if Tennessee does not sign up for this, right? The people in that
0: state don't get it doesn't matter which way they vote. The compact is designed. To ensure that the candidate who receives the most votes nationwide is elected oh, president. Okay. That's more what I was
1: asking and got the wrong answer. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I thought I was saying that. I interpreted the wrong answer, I should say. <laughs> okay. So, so even if Tennessee votes a different way, then... Right. Okay. This sucks in a different way, but a su- sucks in a way I don't care about. What, what is that? That Tennessee didn't want that. Or that Wyoming didn't want that but I don't care about that so cuz I do want that yeah <laughs> unfortunately what it does do what the the only way I can see it being different than a popular vote in the constitution is that if you j- get just over 270 only one state has to pull out to have the system go, go back to the electoral college or the fair wh- which is unlikely but possible but yeah my only like my uh caveman brain that goes but that guy's going to be angry at me mm-hmm. uh people from Wyoming would like to be represented twice as much
0: great so would i but not yeah, everyone can exactly. be represented
1: twice as much <laughs> that's but that, that's yeah that's not what i again that's the part like i don't care about that's it sucks for them but it it sucks for everyone else
0: right now so okay so your your main argument against it was primarily just to make sure that i understand was based on the idea that no one else would want to sign up to it because it's bad for them.
1: Yes. No. 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 It sounds like these states are ganging up on states that did not sign up for this compact and would therefore be just these whatever, ha- just over half or just under half, depending on how you're counting it. If you're counting it by electoral votes, it's over half. If, it, if it's the number of states, it's likely under half because California's in it um we just need to get texas
0: yeah right it's all over
1: i mean kind of yeah it's not quite there but it's it, that'd be a significant uh yeah but yeah i was thinking if texas california and new york like uh-huh no, no other state like could really if it got over 270 then the states that did not sign up for this would have no say at all but if you're doing it by the national vote in general uh, over all the states even the ones that didn't sign up then that's totally fine with me But it would have to be that. And if there was anything other than that, I would be quite upset.
0: Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm sorry I gave a poor description in the beginning.
1: So what's it going to take? Looks like they need 74 more electoral votes. Right. And there are 108 in progress. Correct. I'm concerned because I didn't know about it until just now. And it seems like it's fairly close. Not that I am one to know much about what's going on especially at a state level but um i feel like not as many people as i would expect to know something like this know about this
0: yeah i suppose do you want to be the one to to inform them uh, no
1: <laughs> especially since i just found out about it today
0: i was going to go out and canvas the other day um but wisconsin is in a big heat wave And also it was raining, so I went to the spot where we were supposed to canvas and just couldn't find anyone and decided not to look terribly hard. Ended up with some extra flyers. Well, no, because I didn't see anyone, so I didn't even get any flyers to start with. Oh, wow. You weren't looking for people, you were looking for someone to give you flyers to help. Right. I was ready to give out flyers if they were there with flyers, but they had no flyers. And also weren't there. They might have had (laughs) flyers, I guess, I don't know.
1: Make your own flyers. See, this, this is how politics dies, Zach. Weather. It's how, it's how democracy dies.
0: That's how everyone dies. Not to get too political on this episode. <laughs> we had some nasty weather this weekend.
1: There was. It was funny. I, I uh, was watching a radar, as I am like to do when there is rain. Mm-hmm. Not because it's going to affect me. I just stay inside anyway. But I think it's interesting the way storms form.
0: I think by age 20, everybody's accepted a couple dad tendencies. <laughs> so that must just be yours.
1: Yeah. That and the sneezing really loud. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I was watching the radar, and on Friday, yes, on Friday, there was a storm. Friday night. And we watched it come in, and. Then in the forecast, you know, we survived. It was all fine. Mm -hmm. And then the forecast said it's going to rain again tomorrow. It's going to storm again tomorrow. It's going to be a severe thunderstorm warning tomorrow. And looking at the radar, there was no storm at all. There were barely barely clouds. Hmm. So what gives weather? How's that going to happen? And they, But just on schedule, like around 11 11 o'clock, it came in and was a storm. And we watched the history of that radar and it just it came out of nowhere it, like over Minnesota basically. It went uh-huh. from went from like a shower to a full-on thunderstorm with high winds and it's all the lakes. Yeah, or like wet farmland, I guess, and a lot of humidity. All 10,000 lakes. And then it got really like not cold cold, but like 70s. Yeah. And I assumed that it was just the cold front pushing all that weather towards us. And then it got really hot again, and now I'm sweating. So I expect more rain. I haven't got the hot yet, so I guess I'll have that in a couple hours. Maybe. Maybe it's just in this room. And that's your weather report. Uh, (laughs) uh, One week behind what you actually
0: (laughs) care about. And in far less detail. If you wanted an extra delayed weather report you could get it in paper form but the hard thing is if you want like a an independent weather person to be giving you the weather in paper they don't have the infrastructure to print an entire newspaper of just the weather for you every day so instead you've got to get a weather zine so a zine is short for magazine and um, you cannot learn about them without first learning about the whole Earth catalog for some reason, uh, which was a truck, I think. Uh, it was a truck that some guy had, and then he decided instead of making it a truck, he'd make it a booklet. And so then it was a booklet, and then that's how zines. But also there were zines in the 30s. Oh, boy. Well, whatever zines are, I mm-hmm. can,
1: or whatever zines were. What I can say now is that uh, people are trying to make money by helping you make zines, not by making zines, but helping you make zines. Right. Uh, So a while ago, I think we Zach and I talked about visiting the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, and we I took some pictures of specifically Mm -hmm. one little exhibit. Not exhibit is uh, what do they call gallery items? display display one display in particular for a product called zine pop exclamation yeah it's a box it's colorful and it contains lots of uh packaging material mostly uh but a scissor a pen more pen some tape and that's about it maybe some paper oh a stapler stapler's in there there's an instructional guide my first thought upon seeing this is that Mm -hmm. What about this, exactly?
0: Makes whatever you make with this a zine. Right. Couldn't I just get an 85 by 11 piece of paper and doodle on it with all these pens you've provided me?
1: Yeah. And, like, the hard part about zines is getting it published. And not published necessarily in the traditional sense where you go to a publisher and say, Hey, I I wrote a book, or I did a thing, or I wrote this news article, and you should put it in your newspaper. Right. You need, there has, you need a way to print off more copies of your zine. Which, as far as I can tell, this does not really do. Because it is a box full of scissors. Correct.
0: I think that because the general format of publishing zines is to copy them, just like on a photocopier, that that's not something you can really package up. Which is why
1: I'm so confused by the product ZinePop. Because it is literally a box of
0: scissors and paper and pens. And an instruction booklet. <laughs> and
1: an instruction booklet.
0: <sighs> Let me see. I think they have a page from the inside. Oh, what is a zine anyway? You just need paper.
1: Why I buy the box?
0: Because they've got a stapler in it, too. But it doesn't have to be stapled. You can have non-stapled zines. You can also have an accordion fold zine, which I would argue was just a pamphlet. <laughs> There's something here t- labeled mini comic. I don't have anything, literally anything,
1: against zines. I think it's a great idea. I think you should totally self-publish all your crap. (laughs) But for God's sakes, just, if you're gonna self-do anything, just do it. It's the whole point of zines is that you don't need somebody's permission.
0: Yeah. There's no fee to pay. You just draw something and photocopy it. But the thing is, Sirtis, really what's keeping me from doing my zine is that I don't have the right tools. And so, if I just buy some better tools, the right to make tools my zine are not with, in that box. I promise you. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I think if I ever made a zine, it would be with an at-home printing press and like hand-carved r- rubber stamps. Perfect. I support that decision entirely. And that's how I would make my zine because then you can do you can do some pretty quick, rapid production. Totally. Of multiple things, you just need to re-ink your rubber yeah and then you can get your website going and have a
1: sign up you can uh send out an email list you can uh make make the zine make it on the printing press make a copy for each person on your email list scan each one in and send it to them mm-hmm. via email right the ethical way
0: to do zines yes but each one is handcrafted you're not mm-hmm. you're not copying some, mm-hmm. someone else that's the the kickstarter edition if you pay me a couple extra bucks, then I'll actually mail it to you. But if you don't pay me enough, I'll just scan your zine and send it to you. But it is still handcrafted. So I've never read a zine,
1: uh, a non-published or a, a non-self-published. No, nope. I've never read a self-published magazine. That's not something I've ever done.
0: Have you? I, I read one. They called it a zine. It was, it was online, but I, I am still inclined to call it a zine. Um, it's from Node, N-O-D-E, and it's one of, one of the ways that I was introduced to the concept of Zine. I think it's a single person masquerading as a whole company, or a whole collective. My favorite. <laughs> but sometimes that's just how you gotta do. But anyway, his interests seem to lie in, um, like, self-sufficient computing. He's big into blockchain, big into... Uh, what is this? There's, there's, um, you can do instant messaging over Tor. You can set up your own server with a Raspberry Pi, all sorts of things that are digital. And also, I don't know. I'm trying to find like a single word to convey this community because it's a thing that I keep on running into in whichever direction I go, which I guess just means that I am... whatever this thing is, but there's not a word for like the entirety of it. Cause I know you don't go on YouTube particularly often, but have you been on YouTube and it pops up and it's like this cool San Franciscan just made a, a house, a tiny apartment work for him. And it's, it's so cool. Okay. YouTube does not think I care about that. Hmm. YouTube knows I care about that. Mostly
1: cause I click on the videos when they pop up. YouTube thinks I care about whether an AI can play Flappy Bird or something. Yeah, can it? I didn't watch the video.
0: Mm. You, I need to know though. Did they? They just didn't put enough question marks. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the title, it should have been like, "Will this AI play Flappy Bird?" Not just like my tutorial on how to train a. It wasn't it's gotta a, tu- be a question. no. It was definitely wasn't a tutorial. It, it, I
1: have watched some of it i think it's like code code bullet or something he
0: makes ai videos it doesn't matter uh continue (laughs) with your um um so a lot of those this this cool san franciscan turned his tiny apartment into a thing he can live in uh videos are by one person whose name i can't remember off the top of my head so i'm gonna google wildly oh there we go if i type in the first letter of their name they pop up uh kirsten dirksen who makes Videos like this also inspired by the whole earth catalog for some reason. And they're all about how to make your small apartment work for you, but also how to live in a treehouse or a Dutch windmill, or make a house that moves, or make clothes. And I think it, it, it overlaps quite a bit with the the node mentality. And it is kind of this idea of like self-sufficient but also communal, but also libertarian. All kind of at the same same time, right? They all go together. So anyway, I think that the zine is cool, and like I said, it's a lot of the things that apparently I'm interested in because I open up the zine and I see the thing that it talks about, and it's like how to make your own Raspberry Pi server, and I'm like, that sounds valuable, uh, like it will affect the world. They've got a mesh networking basics. Uh, longtime listeners of the pod will know that that's a thing that I care about, but it's a digital zine in contrast to some other zines and especially other digital zines, this one is free. You can just go to his server and download it. And I don't know if that's going to be true of all of the zines that this guy produces, um, but it does, I think, show a commitment to the notion of it being widely available and important information and not just this guy trying to make money.
1: Is it like a PDF? Yep. Hmm. So is that the difference between a zine and a webcomic or a blog? Just like the formatting? um like if he put this he could put the same information on a website right a lot of it is on a website so the thing that makes it a zine is that it's like laid out in a document it's in magazine
0: form yes but like a blog would not count as a zine i guess not and this this pdf also was printed and so the printed one is pretty inarguably a zine yeah yeah absolutely And so if this is just a PDF of the printed version... Oh yeah, that definitely counts. That's a zine. That's totally But if it was like an HTML arrangement of the printed version... Mm. I think that still counts. I think... Okay, so there are a few aspects to it, right?
1: If you can download that... If you could, in theory, download that HTML file and have it look the same as the magazine, or more or less the same, Mm -hmm. I would count that as a zine. But if it's like... PHPing and javascripting all over the place Mm. and like there's a comment form and there's a uh, there's flash elements yeah i would say that's not a zine zine. like if you just took Mm. the html and like you could download the css with it but i think if you're doing more than css
0: that's not a zine anymore that's just a blog right if this if this pdf had a an autofill form thing I don't think that would be a zine. It needs to be be representable on paper. Right.
1: Not that everything representable on paper is a zine, but certainly it is not a zine without being representable on paper.
0: Mm -hmm. I have other thoughts generally about this
1: this subculture. Yes, I I would like to talk about that as well.
0: Okay, so another thing that I was looking at, um, because I was reading, you know, follow down Uh, At some point, I'm going to talk about the architecture and urban planning for anarchists. Um, Zine. That one's a zine. Mm -hmm. So I was looking into that, and then I was looking into the website of the person who made it, and they linked to a bunch of pages that were dead, but the root pages of those dead links were not dead. So then I started clicking around there, and I stumbled into the notion of permaculture, which, from what I can tell, is a nonsense word. That means whatever whatever the internet self sufficient libertarians want it to mean. Uh, but generally, I think maybe the idea is that you live off the land and grow things, but don't kill the environment while you do it. For example, with um, monocultures, the other the other end of the thing, which is how we grow a lot of food now. As with all Things that I think are a little bit wackadoo. It's got a lot of nuggets of good inside of it. For example, that maybe if we take from nature and notice that there's no such thing as a monoculture in nature, we should consider that when we do our farming and find ways to to not um kill the soil when we farm. You're making a face. Okay, this is one of those things
1: that sounds like one of those things that is correct for the wrong reasons okay from what i know about agriculture nature would totally be a giant field of corn that swaps with peanuts or whatever soy every couple of years to keep the soil good but it doesn't do that not because it is bad for the soil or it is a it's less efficient or it's less whatever hmm less good for the plants it is that way because that is a Difficult problem to have evolved naturally.
0: Okay. Nature just doesn't have the discipline.
1: Nature doesn't think. It just. (laughs) (laughs) Nature just kind of happens, and there is a system by which certain solutions are filtered out. And one of the solutions that nature came up with, because it is a random ish system, and it does not think, to be clear, Mm -hmm. it is not an entity, nature. Mm -hmm. It came up with, by not thinking, came up with. (laughs) having a bunch of crops intermingled. Right. Am I making sense? I think so. All I'm saying is that just because that's what nature does, does not make that the best solution. It is a solution, but Mm -hmm. just because nature doesn't mean mean it's a good thing.
0: Right. Bears are also nature. Bears are also Oh no, don't, 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 no! Zach! Oh, Zach! (laughs) Oh, You know, I was just thinking about bears the other day. So anyway, I went further down this permaculture rabbit hole because some of the things in, in it are interesting to me. Um, there's more than just the, the monoculture whatever whatever thing. But then you go and you're like, hey, these ideas sound cool. How do I learn more about it? And they've got a nice little pop-up for a $65 dollars ebook mm. um on how to, how to retrofit suburbia to be more environmentally friendly, which, let me tell you, is laughable.
1: Gotta obtain a yield somehow. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. That's number three. Obtain a yield. Yeah,
0: it is. It is obtain a yield. Um, so obtain a yield by selling your ebook. Yeah. So anyway, all, this is all to say that this reminds me very much of the, the Tim Ferris, Ty Lopez, suit bros who want to make a passive income uh, by writing a half-hearted book and then selling the book to people who want to make a passive income, um, and all it says is, just be like me and write a half-hearted book and then sell the book and make a passive income, which, as everyone knows, is a sustainable way to make a pyramid scheme. Survivor bias. And, and really, like, a lot of this libertarian anarchist self-sufficiency media feels like that. Um, so far, the urban planning for anarchists has not felt like that, but... But hoo boy, that permaculture thing really it's $65 for an ebook on how to how to be more environmentally friendly. Did you say you also had some thoughts? Yes, not on permaculture,
1: but on the libertarian kind of Libertarian
0: like... Anarchist Self-Sufficiency Media? Yes. <laughs> Lassum. That's bad. That's wh- bad. What's that? L A S S M, libertarian anarchist self-sufficiency media. I'm trying to find a way uh-huh. to say it, but shorter. SLAM! What does that stand for? Self-sufficient libertarian anarchist media. Perfect. Slam. So
1: I have some thoughts on slam, and I'm gonna okay. say it like this and snap a bit. Um, mm-hmm. is it a? Is it a? Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Gotcha.
0: I get it. It's uh, funny.
1: I. Uh, God. It. I hate. Really, really hate things that are like this. For example, um. Uh, A a, uh, very mild one is The Office TV show. Really? Which, uh, it's not Slam, but it has a similar uh, attribute to Slam, where it's actually a pretty good TV show, but the people who love The Office are not the people I want to be. Are they Slam people? No, they are frat bros, mostly. Okay, I see. So, Slam has a very similar property where this is really cool stuff. The like Tor instant messaging, the building your own server with a Raspberry Pi, you know, like gardening for food, mm-hmm. is essentially what permaculture looks like to me. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like I, I there's more to it, I'm I'm sure, but like a good portion of
0: the Wikipedia was dedicated to how to grow your own food. One of the quotes, I just remember this cuz um the a lot of the stuff in permaculture assumes that you're in a place where you have control over your some portion of your yard um which like is not always true in a city especially if you're renting right um but one of the quotes in the trailer ad for the Kristen dirksen kirsten kirsten dirksen person um was a guy and he's just standing there next to this like shack made entirely out of corrugated metal and he's saying you know I came out here to the desert because this is the only place i could go that they don't have zoning laws you go everywhere and they got zoning laws nowadays oh boy so yeah that's what i'm talking
1: about i really like <laughs> these ideas i like the idea of growing your own food and i like the idea of being a a cool dude who's uh just gives away their zine on the internet for free um i you know and not putting it on Facebook, necessarily. Right. But, like, the people I'm now going to call slam bros... Mm. Slam bros, they don't... They're too... I'm going to make up an adjective. Tactical. Okay. Typically. Like, they're afraid of something.
0: Right, yeah. You're not, you're not going to start IMing over Tor unless you think the FBI is following you.
1: Unless you're Surtis, apparently. Because I do pretty much all my messaging over signal. which, And I do that because... Not because I'm afraid of something. But I think it's cool that I can do
0: that. And I think from, from my memories of younger Surtis, it started because you thought, if I ever do think that the, the FBI is following me, I don't want my patterns to change that is certainly one of the reasons
1: the uh le- more um uh what's uh what's the word um for someone who does good things um
0: altruistic
1: yeah altruistic uh reason was to make it to normalize it essentially like if you are talking over signal or tor for free speech in a country that does not allow mm. it or a future country that does not allow it <laughs> And if there's already a group of people who talk over Signal or Tor for no reason whatsoever, that is a good thing.
0: Right. If everything is just encrypted by default. Which I think it should be. But for lots of
1: reasons, including not just privacy, but security. The one thing that encryption does that is really, really cool is that if you change one bit, the whole thing is ruined. And so you can't change someone's message in transit. Mm -hmm. So even... If, I wanted, if someone wanted to, like, tell Zach that he's a, a, a doo-doo head from, from Sirtis' account, they would not be able to do that. Right. So there are lots of good reasons that have nothing to do with fear to, to be a slam bro. But so many slam bros are just, like, scared of nothing. And it comes off as... It's extremely off-putting when you interact with them personally.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, the Kirsten Dirksen one starts, you know how they say that YouTube is radicalizing just in the way that it is. Yes. Yes. You get onto their channel with like the dude in, (laughs) in San Francisco who like made a loft in his apartment and like, cool, good for you. (laughs) Or like somebody figured out how to, if you have a really high ceiling, apartment you can make um multi-use space by having everything just like retract into the ceiling and then when you want it to be a dining room you drop it down <laughs> on airplane cables or what like right. it's a cool idea yeah. um and not particularly slammy it's just like i had an idea about how to make the space around me better and did it
1: yeah it, it comes out of necessity mostly <laughs> that's and that's then, what it seems like at
0: least and then you get further along And you've got somebody with a corrugated hut who says, well, I came out here so I didn't have zoning laws because that's how the government gets you. I'm agreeing with you and saying that a lot of times the ideas are cool, but it's it's not a very big jump, especially on the internet, to get from cool idea to wackadoo. See, this is why I stay off the internet. Hmm. (laughs) That sounds like a slam bro thing to say. Uh, yeah. Do you think someone's going to attack you from the internet? Well, definitely. I-, I feel attacked already, in fact. Internet person. <sighs> you know, I came out here
1: to Tor because they don't have any zoning laws. <laughs> <laughs> no laws in the tour internet. This happened with the... This was basically what happened with the Silk Road guy, right? He just, like, didn't want taxes and then ended up shooting people. Right.
0: So, yeah, watch out for a corrugated house guy. Yeah, no. I've been... Um... I've been listening to the second season of Bundyville, which is the sequel to the first season of Bundyville, which is about uh, the people who had the standoff at the one national park a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. I remember. Um, And the second season is about a guy who thinks that the FBI is watching him because the FBI was watching him because he was a terrorist. (laughs) And so it's a very circular thing wherein he was like, well, I think the FBI is watching me, so I'm going to become a terrorist. And then the FBI was like, that guy's a terrorist. Uh, Let's keep an eye on him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, um, you know, just don't do that and you'll be fine. If you're not a terrorist, what do you have to worry about? (laughs) That's not, that's
0: not good. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) So anyway, I don't think I'm going to stop. Consuming the the slam bro media, but I do think um, one of the you big be problems really I have. Careful, with it, you just have to be like really vigilant yeah. about not getting rad- radicalized. One of the problems I do have with it is that it's very isolationist. Um, it seems to imagine that if you solve the problem for you, you've solved it, solved it for everyone, and that's not how the world works. Right? Yeah, it's a lot of like, well, why don't they just blank? It worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even just, like, I was able to get a plot downtown with my own house and a, a garden and just start gardening there. And, like, that's not, that's not a universal possibility. Right. So I think there's cool information in there. They talk about mesh networks and they talk about how to make a robot do your gardening for you. Um, yes. potent. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't snap like that without saying the word poetry slam out loud, and that's not (laughs) useful. So anyway, I think some of the information is good, but I think the core ideologies might not be. So one of the things that made me think it would be cool to get a robot to garden for me was that I've been playing so much modded Minecraft, uh, for those of you who don't know, Modded Minecraft is like Minecraft, the, the block game, um, that some people call digital Legos, but isn't digital Legos. No, not really. Um, but it's got... Legos are better. It, it's got more pieces to it. There's more stuff, and you can make robots do your garden for you. And there's lots more ways to die. There's a lot of ways to die. There's also a lot of ways to not die. And far more um, Lego, though, I feel like. Yes. Um, and one of the reasons that I've, I've realized, I've realized that one of the ways that modded minecraft hooks into my brain is it gives me a nice little like plot of things to figure out and then steps on the way to figuring that thing out and then it gives me a little reward when i'm done figuring the thing out so i was thinking that that's a really great model for getting people to do things is you 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 like set them a goal and then you kind of point them in the direction of that goal and then you give them a small reward at the end of that goal once they've reached it. So my my great business idea is: what if we take um, take people's tasks? Like I knew I needed to do laundry yesterday, but I ignored it because it I wasn't going to get me little digital coins. Um, and I take doing the laundry and I make it so that when I do it, it gives me a coin, kind of like a game might do. And we take real life things and make it feel a lot more like games. I remember a long time ago we talked about Habitica, right? But this is different because it my my thing would would know when you were done with the thing
1: right yeah you wouldn't have to do it yourself right it just watches you all the time slam bros love that
0: yeah slam bros love when when their things tell them what to do oh
1: i wonder what the overlap is for slam bros and to-do list nerds there's definitely some yeah definitely some but i'm wondering like if the culture is anti-to-do list in general huh okay we're gonna have to look into that we're gonna have to find out what kirsten Durstan says about. Uh, what
0: to-do list they use. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's very important with the way that Minecraft hooks into my brain and makes me want to do its tasks instead of real-world tasks that will make other people happy is that it, it gives me like the steps in between. Uh, like if I need to make a thing, it'll tell me how to make the thing. But then if I need to make things to make that thing, it'll tell me how to make those other things too. Because then all I really need to know how to do is how to research how to make the thing and then how to plug all the things together. And that isn't the case with laundry? Well, yeah. Because I can't... I think, I think that um, my system that takes tasks and turns them into games, gamifies them, if you will, Wow. Um, needs to be integrated with WikiHow. Oh, that's, that's a fantastic thing. idea. Yeah. Like, you just get a
1: little uh, heads-up display for your face. Right. Like Google Glass. Uh-huh. So you can put your Google Glass on and you instantly get a pop-up showing the Wiki,
0: wikiHow images, image of what you're supposed to be doing. Right. It says, "Hey, you you put laundry on your to-do list a week ago. Um so it must be nasty by now. Here's the here's the wikiHow on how to do your laundry." Yeah, and it just tells you what to do. You don't have to think about it, you just do it. Right. The other alternative is plug and play laundry. Kind of like how I just need to figure out how to do the things and then plug them together. What if I could just take my laundry, because like the nice thing about the Minecraft is once I figure out how to do the laundry, I can make a robot to do it for me. So what if I had like a hole in my house that I could put the laundry in, and it deposited my laundry into the laundry machine, and then once that was full, it did the laundry, and all I needed to figure out how to do was get the hole to connect to the laundry, and also had infinite space stretching out in every direction that's an important aspect of the game and my ability to quickly plug things together (laughs) right
1: so i think this is a fantastic idea in fact i was i wasn't going to bring it up before because i didn't think you were ready for it but uh, because part of i didn't realize that part of the fun was making the robot i thought you liked doing laundry for
0: coins i don't want to have to like figure out how to make a robot though. I want a wiki how on how to make the laundry robot. Oh, okay. But then once I have it, I don't want to have to worry about it.
1: But as we learned in the previous segment, Zach, uh someone first has to find figure out the solution before distributing it to everyone where it will almost universally work. Okay. So are you are you proposing I'm proposing we get the slam bros in on this because okay. they've already figured out all the problems. And they get them they to have make... a solution for
0: everything. Right. What if we had a zine about robots that did your laundry? Mm, and we just that's marked how... it as an unsolved problem. We, uh, we get a get pull request for robot laundry. Right. Okay. Yeah, we put it up on Tor. Oh. And we open it up for comments <laughs> on Tor. What was I thinking?
1: Yeah, the Tor social network. Mm-hmm.
0: The, the one singular tour that everybody goes to, <laughs> the big Tor portal. <laughs> and that's how you get to all the things on Tor, is you just go to the one portal. Torgle. Um, Torgle. 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 tor So that's my good business idea, is that we figure out how to make laundry robots, and then we give people incentives in the form of little digital coins for doing their laundry and or figuring out how to make the laundry robots to do their laundry for them.
1: Perhaps a competitive aspect as well. You could have a scoreboard who has the most coins Mm. between you and your friends. Or perhaps you could use your coins to purchase things. No, 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 no. We We don't want to take any losses. Profit only, Zach.
0: Right. We need to. We need to increase our yields. Yes.
1: Get those yields. Number three. Hashtag three. Speaking of your yields, how's your trash,
0: Zach? Um, I have one of the small Amazon boxes that's full of it, and there are many small Amazon boxes. How
1: big are we talking here? The like a pack of cigarettes or like a book or
0: T- turn it to the side. Oh wow. Okay. That's very impressive. But it's only impressive because I also have a list of things that I threw out because they were very inconvenient to keep a hold of. <laughs> For example, on the days that I go to work and I don't, don't bring my own food, I need to purchase food from my work. And a part of that is that they give me a piece of paper uh, and a little cardboard tray. Mm-hmm. And inside of that is a quesadilla. As you might be aware, quesadillas are greasy. Yeah, so you can't recycle those things. And once your cardboard is greasy, you need to carry that greasy cardboard home if you want to keep track of all of the trash. Right. So, okay, so if you were to estimate, estimate how mm-hmm. big of a box would you need? I think if I wadded it all up, probably another one of the same size, maybe like shoebox size. Okay, I will grab my bag of trash now. Okay. So,
1: yeah, I yeah. I can tell you it is approximately ninety percent coffee grounds. Hmm. Okay. I don't have a compost. Yeah, that's fair. Otherwise, like, if like if I was gonna do one thing to reduce the amount of trash I use, it would be uh, using reusable coffee filters and composting the grounds. Okay. Other than that, there's like a paper coffee cup in there because I forgot Mm -hmm. the travel mug at home or I wasn't planning to get coffee and I didn't forget. I just didn't. I consciously left it at home and then changed my mind. (laughs) I think there's like a bag of popcorn in there or a bag that used to contain popcorn, rather. Right. Um, Let me look. Oh, and I uh, I, uh, made a pair of jeans into
0: jean shorts. So there's legs of jeans in there. Right. The good news is that and the coffee grounds are compostable, and even though, like, throwing it in the trash is not composting, at least it, like, biodegrades Yeah, right. in the next thousand years. <laughs> yeah, there's no plastic in there. Nice. I eat a lot of gummy candy. <laughs> and so by the end of the week, I had started to purchase Mike and Ike's, um, and also Jujubees, which still
1: exist. I don't know what those are.
0: Uh they're cylinders i've never they're seen that little before cylinders in of my suite. life and those come in boxes so theoretically i could recycle that why theoretically because i haven't put it in the recycling bin yet
1: why the hell not it like it's, i was it's a piece of cardboard
0: yeah you can put it it's, like it's flat even like it wouldn't even take up space Correct. It's just because I got home the other day and emptied out my pockets and I was like, some of these things are trash because I've been carrying them around because I wanted to keep track of the trash that I made. And also because if I threw this recyclable thing into the trash that wasn't recycling, then it wouldn't get recycled. And so then it would be trash. And so I need to bring it home. But I just took all of the trash out of my pockets and put it in my trash bag and didn't think about it. Okay. So
1: if you were going to do... Okay. So let's say like you end up recycling that those boxes right what is like first of all uh i think we can call it a draw if we were competing yeah
0: i think, I think we so. have roughly the same amount of garbage mm-hmm. and i uh, might have less but yours is a lot more natural material and <laughs> mine is a lot more plastic so <laughs> uh so what if anything would you change
1: if you were to you know change a uh, Lifestyle decision, I
0: suppose. I think the first thing I would have to do would be to get very, very comfortable with handing a plate to somebody in food service and saying, "Hi, please use my plate instead of your cardboard thing, because this place plate will not end up in the trash." Oh, and they will make a strange face at me. Yeah, and I will have to carry Mm. a plate. I don't know, Zach. Everywhere. I might prefer climate change.
1: (laughs) That's uh. I don't know about that. <laughs> I get awkward handing a barista a reusable coffee cup, which they're... And that, like,
0: they usually have a sign out that says... Like, they want you to do that, and I still feel awkward about it. I could get, like, a camping plate, because those usually fold down smaller. If, you,
1: if you're fast enough. If you can... If they hand you the quesadilla and you immediately
0: put it on the plate. No, that boy greasy. Ah. <sighs> that boy greasy. I think I just need to get a, a hashtag... Trash-free July plate. Mm. Yeah, you need to. There's like... there's like three people who work at the food place the entirety of the summer this, this year at the one food place at my work. And so I will only need to do this once. No, I will only need to do this the first time, three times. And after that, they will always know my face is the guy who hands them a plate. Do they serve that few people that they know you by your face? Probably. Okay. Or they will once I start handing them <laughs> plates.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. That uh, doesn't sound
0: uh, like something I'd be into. I understand that. Um, <laughs> just, just don't eat. That really is the, like the majority of where my trash came from. All right. I also uh, am, am making plans to make my own gummy candy. Oh. And so then I will not have the same problems. I will have other ones, such as. I'm making my own gummy candy. <laughs> Your roommates are going to think you're crazy. That's, that's
1: long past. <laughs> as soon as Zach set up that, the
0: Wi-Fi router, they knew they knew it was going to be bad. Did I set up the Wi-Fi? Oh, no, he's living with nerds. Yeah, I suppose. I've been thinking about installing um, PiHole, which is like the ad blocking, but for the yeah. whole network. Yeah, I've thought a lot about that too. But I'm very concerned that Something would go wrong, and that would be my fault then, and yeah, not. that's why I haven't done it yet. <laughs> TP links. <laughs>
1: In fact, um, there's like a way that you can set up a VPN on your router, so every all traffic going through your router will automatically go through a VPN. Mm-hmm. And like it sounds cool, and it sounds like a good idea because I don't want to have to fiddle with my VPN all the time. But it's not just me. Right. And that's the issue. If I got a fancy router. I could set up a different network just for my devices and then have that go through a VPN. But I do not have a fancy router. I have a dumb router.
0: I suppose I could set up a pie hole because it's, it's just a DNS server. And I could set it up so that it only applies to my devices by manually changing the DNS server on my devices and leaving. DNS is weird. DNS doesn't do what you want it to do ever. Correct.
1: But you, if you have a fancy enough router which I'm not, I don't know if you do. If you have a fancy enough router, you can send certain MAC addresses to a different DNS setter, a
0: DNS address. Hmm. That sounds way fancier than what we've got. Yeah, me too. Hey, listeners, if you, if you want to try along with us, go to a Walgreens and tap to pay. Yeah, so we
1: want to try doing tap to pay whenever possible. In fact, Zach, do you want to make it a little
0: bit more challenging? Sure. Tap to pay, always. Hmm. I can see one complication with that, which is eating out.
1: Hmm. Okay. So we're gonna have some except we'll have exceptions just like last time. Okay. So tap to pay if you have direct interaction with a if you have the if you have the opportunity to directly interact with a credit card reader right so if the credit card reader does not support tap to pay you should shop somewhere else for the next two weeks for the next two weeks yeah then you can do that yeah okay uh other exception is if the thing looks like it'll do tap to pay but does not
0: okay (laughs) if you walk in and scope out the cash register and you're like yeah that should do tap to pay but then it's got a thing on it that says no tap to pay
1: yeah for example i tried i did a smaller version of this trial last week mm-hmm. just to see like what what places i can tap to pay and i walked into one place and there was a you know it has a big blue thing at the top yeah. and i was like perfect so i i bought i bought my, my thing i tapped to paid and it was like try again and then i t- tried it again and then it was like nope try again and then hmm. I tried again and it was like, yeah, no, you're not allowed to shop here anymore because you're trying to steal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so then the, the, the ca- nice, nice retail person was like, got like a card or cash because I can just overwrite that. And I'm like, yeah, here. This is sad though. Dang. So thanks real t- re- retail person and screw you retail place.
0: Yeah. If you have any more trials for us, you can email us at trials at superawesomecorp.com. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. You shouldn't start Etherpad as root. Please type, Etherpad rocks my socks, or supply the dash dash root argument if you want to start as root. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. If you want
1: to hear our discussion about Neil Stephenson's d- dodge or, or dodge or fall, Fall. Dodge or comma fall. It's very interesting
0: grammar. It's fall, semicolon, or comma dodge in hell. What? That's like the way that the publisher officially notes it. I mean, you're right.
1: But only about some things. There's no semicolon.
0: Not oh, printed? Oh, no.
1: there it is. Okay, it's right there. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Fall or Dodge in hell. Then keep on listening. We're going to be reading to page one hundred. That is the end of part one and the beginning of part two. But if you are spoiler uh, averse, then uh, don't do that and listen later. Read that section of the book first. Here we go. I only have a couple notes, so if you want to, I don't have a lot. I have maybe um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But I mean. Mine are not about the story, (laughs) mostly. (laughs) Just tangential thoughts I had that we might want to talk about. So, Zach, what did you think of part one?
0: I dug it. I dug it I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I forgot how much I enjoyed Neil Stevenson's writing. Right.
1: I I, I read the first chapter or so, and I was just in it. I
0: I don't know why. I like Richard a lot. I identify with the character. Perhaps I shouldn't, Mm. but uh, I do. And I think Neil Stevenson adds extra information in a very stream of conscious way. Yes, there's a lot of, the, I'm reading this other book, it's like a fantasy
1: book, and they try to do that, the author does, and they, it works sometimes and doesn't work other times. But every time that Neil Stevenson adds this extra information that may or may not be like relevant, I suppose, it, mm-hmm. it advances the story in a really weird way not in a like linear or even circular kind of storyline kind of way but it's information that you may or may not have and is interesting either way right and it's said in a it's said in the way that your friend explains a complicated subject to you and not in a so not in a rigorous way but in a way that will keep you interested
0: mhm i appreciate that so far in the in both of the books that include the corporation What's the numbers? 9592, I think. Sounds right. In the previous one, somebody started talking about tensor trees. At this point in the, media, in the meeting, everyone started shouting at him, and Richard pulled him away to go into the weird division. And in this one, it was. <laughs> Let me close this window so I can get the context. Oh, okay. It was about the, the intricacies of 3D rendering, um, which someone had written, Gail, no, uh, Leibniz had written about as a way of thinking about monads at this point in the meeting the more well-established engineers had shouted him down and dodge had made a mental note to yank the boy out of whatever branch he was in um and employ him in weird stuff uh, what was your thought about this i missed i forgot the first half I, it's just a very nice touch that's all mm, mm-hmm. and i i appreciated the soft callback i suppose
1: at the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> i made a note about the nine minute snooze right because I knew this, I knew the reason that there was a nine-minute snooze, uh, but I needed to verify it. And I just verified it right now, um, perhaps not in the most reputable source, but at least one other source besides mm-hmm. my just, like, going-through-life kind of knowledge. Right. And it is that. Mechanical clocks had a really tough time keeping alarms set for more than the 10-minute gear, the one that flipped the, the number. Okay. Right. Basically, it was a really hard problem to set a snooze for something longer than a click of the 10-minute gear. Ah. I don't know exactly the intricacies of that, but that is mm-hmm. the reason. That is a nine-minute snooze, not because it is the, the most, the best um, amount of time for snoozing. And that's just, so what Apple... everyone's used to, that's just what everyone's used to now. So that's what every alarm clock in the world has a nine-minute snooze. Huh. There's no I think, Yeah, there's no legacy there's just a legacy reason that there's no like psychological or like A B testing. Yeah. Or there might be, but they came to the same conclusion as a guy who didn't want to deal with making a ten minute snooze. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand.
0: No, oh, Siri, Jesus Christ. Hey Siri, set a set a eight minute snooze.
1: <laughs> I really like the idea of qualia.
0: Yeah. That was another thing from the Slam bros. Really, I was looking at yeah. I've closed the tab now, but somebody, um, the same person who had the sixty-five dollar ebook, had a fifteen dollar ebook <laughs> about how to. It was like minimalistic hedonism or something like that, and you would think that those two don't go together, but apparently, um, in Slambro world, you can make them make them work together, and part of that is slowing down to enjoy things like petting. Something's hair, and I was like, That is qualia. Yes. Except I don't it doesn't sound like Richard slowed down very much. No. But he did he did take time to acknowledge that he was enjoying the thing that was happening. Right.
1: Yes. I the immediately the thing I thought of when I uh when I read that, my the first thing that came to my mind was uh, a particular morning where I didn't have very much to do. It was during the school, it was during the semester. I ate. I was simultaneously eating a oats and honey Nature Valley bar, and drinking really good coffee, mm-hmm. and the two tastes just meshed really well. And I wasn't stressed about something because it was my you know whatever morning off, and yeah. I was just sitting in the living room in my in my sweatpants, and I thought, wow, this is nice, and that was, and I, by acknowledging it, I remembered it as a simple like enjoyment and not an overt it wasn't even you know it wasn't uh it wasn't a big thing Mm -hmm. it was just a little thing that i liked yeah and i think that's that's qualia i think that's a really cool concept and i'm gonna continue using that word yeah how do you feel about c plus as a nickname i didn't
0: even question it interesting a lot of the stuff that was established in the previous book right i was just like okay yeah That's his nickname. (laughs) I think it's a bad nickname. On any particular grounds?
1: Yes, not ones that I have the words for right now. Um, It has the wrong mouth movements. That's my only justification. A nickname should be easier to say, and it is, than his name for Americans. C+. But, like, C is, like, you need to make the S sound, which is pushing air through your teeth, essentially. C. C. And then you've got and a plosive then you gotta, right in there. And then you've got to put the plosive in. Pull. And then it's P to L. Plus. Which is not... Which is something we do often, but it's not an easy thing to do. Pull. Like, you need to... Mm-hmm. At the moment you make the plosive, you need to put your tongue on the back of your teeth. Pull. Plus. Or the roof of your mouth rather. Plus. Yeah. Okay. To make it sound right, you have to do it immediately. And then you get and then you end with uh, with an another S and nowhere in there is there a um what's it called? The upside down E that we automatically do Schwa. Schwa, yes. And there's no schwa's in it, so it's uh, there are C worse. Plus. <laughs> there are plenty of worse nicknames. This is not mm-hmm. a terrible nickname. But I don't think, personally, I don't think any of C friends would land on it, knowing anything about you know being nerds essentially, mm-hmm. or maybe because they're nerds they don't care. Names are just a societal construct anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I w- I've been frantically googling so I could find this. Um... So they talk about the issue with handmets, Esher. Oh, escher is dutch and so this word is dutch um hand met spiegelende ball spiegelende ball um hand with reflecting sphere and they talk about how the issue is like if you wanted to try to render that in a computer you would have to like incorporate every single element of light coming in from everywhere right and that's a a very difficult problem if you if you don't want to assume that everything just already has a little bit of light. And so now I'm looking at this picture and I was thinking about it because I have taken a class in computer graphics and thought about how to make spheres be reflective and all those sorts of things. And I've also taken a class where we, oh, this is the, this is the poem. Zach, you are
1: talking poem. in exclusively sentence fragments right now.
0: Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to stitch all my ideas together
1: it's just I cannot I cannot figure out what you're trying to say at all like not even close I don't know what direction direction you're going okay
0: where should I start from
1: okay I think we if if you read the book you know why the graphically rendering a mirror sphere is interesting right and if you did not read the book that is interesting because it's a hard problem to solve that's all you really need to know about it right okay yes
0: so why are you interested in it um because i thought it was a different painting is mainly the reason um there's another painting called self-portrait in a convex mirror i think i've seen this one it sounds familiar and that's from uh the renaissance era so it's a little bit older than esher but there's a poem about the painting and i took a class about poems about paintings and so we looked at this one quite a lot, and I thought it was interesting that um, the way that they introduced the concept in, in the book was by relating it to all of these pieces of art, or the singular piece of art, and in, in my head that turned into a different one. Um, and I had seen some of these pieces of art, but I had never thought about the fact that these pieces of art would be very hard to render. I think that's the full thought. Okay. But halfway through, I realized that I needed to translate across the fact that I was thinking about a different painting than was actually being talked about in the book. I see. So, Zach,
1: not to get too into this. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question, and by proxy, you will be answering a different question. Love when that happens. Is it feasible, on an infinite time scale to upload a consciousness to a computer?
0: My instinct is to say no, but also you said the phrase an infinite timescale, and that's kind of a gimmick. I just want to know if you
1: think it's possible. Like, actually, like, possible in the most basic
0: sense of the word. Is it a... Like, do I think that there's something about a human consciousness that couldn't be captured by a computer? Yes. Not particularly, no.
1: So you think... So, so if I'm interpreting that, those two sentences, those two ideas correctly you think there is a technological barrier to doing that rather than a biological one right or perhaps a uh, is there a word for uh like spiritual but like like basically i want a word to describe the conscious uh intangible step. yeah no uh something to it describe, to describe uh I suppose, yeah, that's a different way to say it. Is there something intangible about human consciousness?
0: I don't think so. Okay. But if somebody told me I was wrong, I wouldn't fight it. Like, my opinion is that there's nothing special about consciousness besides it being electrical impulses, but it's not a very strongly held opinion. Okay. So, your belief is that what makes you you is not
1: exclusive to the body you are in now right and by body i do mean brain as well
0: like that if you took the connectome
1: not necessarily i don't we're not going to talk about any specific like technologies or mm-hmm. um methods of connecting brains just to keep it general and to keep it uh correct like it can't be cor- it can't be incorrect if we don't get into specifics Yeah. <laughs> So, what makes you you, you believe, can be captured by something? Right. And recreated somewhere else? Theoretically, yeah. Okay, interesting. Do you have a reason for that, or is that just uh, something you've, you just think?
0: Yeah, no, just think. Where do
1: you fall on that? I think I'm closer to you than I thought, even before this... Uh, so... I don't think there's anything particularly special about me, other than I and me. Mm-hmm. And then that leads me to think that I could, in theory, be put somewhere else, put in a different. <sighs> Mostly, drugs make me think that. Okay. Drugs that change how you act and how you mm-hmm. think. For example, like alcohol is a like the main one. Okay. Yeah maybe you don't feel like a different person but you certainly act like a different person you right some people do at least right yeah so that makes me think that like there's nothing like inherent about the way we are but like you i don't i don't envision that happening anytime soon Mm -hmm. far more likely to me is being able to modify our existing
0: quote-unquote hardware with chips Mm -hmm. and such one of the things that i've Always been afraid of since I like learned that cryogenics and brain uploading kind of stuff was a thing. Would be that the state that everything's in is also important. Like the the pathways that the electrons or the things firing across from spot to spot are in wouldn't be captured, but are integral to who you are. So uh, I don't know,
1: Zach. Maybe. Um, So, what we know, what a few things we do know are that I don't entirely know what brain dead means as far as like electrical impulses in the brain, but my understanding mm -hmm. is that there are none. It's just the nervous system keeping you alive and keeping your heart beating, rather. Okay. So, someone waking up from being brain dead, which is extremely infrequent. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like the if if one electron is a nanometer out of place
0: yeah or even just not recorded right the way that i think about it is they've they've made artificial intelligence to like set up little hardware circuits to figure things out and sometimes they will make these really weird circuits and when researchers go in to figure out what's happening there'll be like just this loop that's acting upon itself and only itself but it makes just enough magnetic interference to futz with some other part of the circuit. Oh, interesting. But so if there's a part of your brain that's going in a loop <laughs> in that way and affects other things, but doesn't directly affect other things, right? and maybe has energy stored in itself just going in that loop, but wouldn't get energy if you just plop down a fresh new brain with all the same <laughs> pathways. I'm not sure... How accurate that is?
1: That's uh, no, it's a it's a valid point. I think that's from what little I know about brains, uh, mostly related to caffeine research, is that like, par- like what makes you drowsy? And this is again, this is all going to be around drowsiness and uh, energy levels because mm-hmm. I've only done research on caffeine. So, what makes you drowsy is this little thing, this little molecule that your brain releases when you should sleep. Right, your hormone or not your your, your glands, I suppose, and it mm-hmm. attaches to little 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 doodads on your brain that um, receive electrical impulses. Mm-hmm. And what these little globs do is literally slow down the the time it takes to go from one neuron to the next. Okay. And what caffeine does is it hooks onto those. Those little hooks, little receptors, Mm -hmm. and except it doesn't slow it down; it just takes up that place so they can't glob on. Right. So the other stuff can't glob on. But if that makes like if you are literally thinking slower, Mm -hmm. that makes me think that the state everything is in with the electrical impulses is important, and not just the connected tone
0: Right. Which still doesn't say that you couldn't at some point scan a brain, maybe of a living person. Right, yes, that's true. But and maybe it, their it, gut or whatever it just whatever increases all of the, the parts that
1: Yeah. It just increases the complexity by a few orders of magnitude. <laughs> the point is we know nothing, literally nothing about
0: brains. Right. We as we and also the much larger. Yes, the much we. larger we as well.
1: <laughs> My last note that I wrote down and is not and is not just uh, general feelings about the book. Mm-hmm. Is that on page eighty four? uh Shepard says the phrase "speaking as one t- technically sophisticated man to another," and then goes on for a while. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. And Shepard's a dick. Yeah, that's all.
0: What about that phrase makes you? uh Well, if I what if I say it like this, Zach? Speaking as
1: one technically sophisticated man to another, like I know, like saying in that voice will uh-huh. do that to any phrase, but like. <laughs> You're talking, to, you're talking to C+, right? He's talking mm-hmm. to C+, in the restaurant, or the bar, or whatever it was. Yeah. And he's banking on that C+, will be sympathetic, mm-hmm. based on the logic of his proposal. Right, And he explicitly, he said this, he invited C+, because he thought that, like, Everyone else, all the non, like, what he, what he deems, the people mm-hmm. who he deems to be less than him and C+, mm-hmm. technically sophisticated-wise, like, he didn't even bother because he knew that, like, he wouldn't, he, he thought he wouldn't be able to explain the logic to them. But what actually would be happening is he would be able to explain the logic and they would make the same decision that C++ did, which is, uh, no, because you're a jerk. Who thinks you're better than everyone else. Right. And this isn't what is best for Richard,
0: necessarily. It's almost like the issue... By saying that, you're implying that it's the family's fault for not understanding your technical sophistication and not your fault for being bad at communicating ideas. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for communicating my idea. No problem. That I am bad at (laughs) (laughs) explaining... Anyway, I, like... We, we know that Shepard is a jerk, but yeah. like in that moment, I was especially like, oh, all right. I'm not supposed to like this person. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more notes? No, none more notes. Okay. Zach, are you excited for part two?
0: I'm so excited for all of the rest of the parts. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know if, based on the way that Reemdi played out, mm-hmm. they're going to start talking about it so maybe halfway through part two they will have decided okay yes we're going to upload richard and then it will jump to richard in some fledgling digital heaven
1: oh okay so interesting
0: and then at the end of part two it'll maybe jump to complications a hundred years before they actually make the digital heaven
1: oh that's really interesting see that makes way more sense than what I was thinking. <laughs> see, okay, so I'm looking at, like, the inside cover of the actual physical book. And mm-hmm. if you can see that, Zach, it's like an image of, like, a demon, I guess,
0: sitting Could on a rock. you hold it up next to your face? I can't. Um, Skype is doing its thing. Higher up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was in the Kindle edition, too, actually. Okay, cool. My thought was like, oh, Richard is actually going
1: to like hell oh i was thinking like oh well that like we're gonna get like an actual afterlife but richard which i think is gonna be really which i thought would be really interesting because it was gonna be like um you know richard who has a very interesting take on life in general Mm -hmm. being put into the afterlife which and frankly i think a lot like richard i think at least i think i think a lot like richard in Mm -hmm. In general and i thought that'd be really interesting to see how neil stevenson portrayed him in the afterlife but yours makes way more sense that (laughs) there's a digital
0: afterlife and not a like spiritual one do you think if he goes to actual hell he's going to get yoinked when they do upload his brain if and when see that was the other thing i was thinking about i didn't say it
1: because i just wanted to get to your idea which is more interesting to me
0: (laughs) I also think it's very interesting because they've mentioned that there would be a like, non-ownership clause whenever they gave the connectome to whoever they did, that he could be in three different heavens at once. Whoa. But none of the three Richards would know they were in... Right. Every Richard would think they were the same Richard, the, the single Richard.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: We have to end this call so I can go read. <laughs> All right, um, do you want to try and read up to part two or to, or to part three or to part four? Um, that's page 178 and 254. I will
1: leave that up to you, Zach. My instinct was, I mean, I waited. Okay, so I, I finished part one before Zach did and I, I slacked him whether he wanted to read up to part one or just finish the book and do it Cortex style. Mm-hmm because i was ready i was ready to finish the book i was into it i was into it (laughs) um but uh so i am always good to read more of this book but i will leave it up to you and i might regret that later but who knows
0: yeah then let's go up to the very start of part four on
1: page 254 sounds good if you disagree with zach and you think
0: that we should read to 170 whatever or, if you've been to the afterlife, um, and can tell us how it, uh, happened that you were yoinked back, you can email us, or you can reach me on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at...